It is Wednesday, June 17th, 2020, and this is episode 14 of the World of Sports podcast and radio show short episode edition. Radio Show Short Episode Edition, episode number 14. Today, I want to talk a little bit about deferred money in sports, what it looks like, um, and some great examples of it that I think are fun, uh, one of which I'm sure I will get into a lot more at a later date. So, um, currently, the Major League Baseball talks between the players and the owners to get the league started up is broken down entirely. Um, The players have all but given up on any new deal. They would revert back to the deal they made in March for 48 games. The owners are probably going to end up doing the same thing. There's some form of a stalemate going on at the moment. And that's because, in, in large part, the owners don't want to or don't feel like they have the money to pay the players what they originally agreed to pay them because they won't have fans in the seats. Now, one of the simple solutions that I've heard kicked around, and I'm, you may have also, is the idea of deferred money, where I will pay you what I can now, and I will pay you the rest later on, um, in equal installments at a future date. Basically, that's not going to happen because the owners don't want to do it, um, because they just don't want to. That's about the best reason they can come up with. Um, they'd rather pay, play less games and pay less money then try to defer money later on. Um, it's just not in their interest, I guess. Um, if it was in their interest, you would assume they would be doing it. So that's why I think that. But deferred money is something that's actually kind of common in sports. Um, it, is, it can be overt, as it is in baseball, um, or it can be more kind of a covert, unwritten rule type thing in baseball and in other sports. Um, where it's generally referred to as paying a guy back, um, something like that. So what is deferred money in the literal sense? So in the literal sense, deferred money is taking some amount of money that you owe a player and agreeing to pay that money at a later date with or without interest. Um, so the best example of this is a guy named Bobby Bonilla, who agreed uh, to a contract deal with the Mets that was worth $5.9 million. He agreed to have uh, it deferred to a later date where the Mets would pay $1.2 million every year for 25 years uh, because there was an 8% interest negotiated in the money. But there are other players that just get a lump sum every year. Um, and Babu Buni, I will talk about uh, definitely a lot more at a later date because it's a fantastic story. But that is a clear-cut uh, example, and it's very common in baseball, which is the reason people are talking about it. Bobby Bonilla is certainly not the only one to get that kind of money. Christian Yelich just signed a deal in early March of this year, which has um, which has a certain amount of guaranteed money uh, that will be paid in installments as deferred money through 2042. Uh, it'll start in either 2031 or 2000, 
Uh, yeah, they'll start in 2031 and it'll either go until 2041 or 2042. Um, and that is so that he doesn't have to be paid at the moment. Now, why is that? Why do you have deferred money deals? Well, the main reason is because you either don't want to or don't have the ability to pay a player what you owe them. Um, the best example that I could come up with is if you only allotted, if you only have $100 million to play, to pay for your entire team, for any given year, um, and you, a player is asking for, let's say, $40 million, you need to fill out a roster with the money left over. So what you can do is you can say, I'll pay you $10 million now so I can fill out the rest of my roster, $20 million, and I'll pay you the rest in installments when the time comes, uh, in deferred money when I should be able to afford it later or I can't afford it later, or in some cases when the organization is going to change over and I think I'm going to sell the team. So those are the kind of the, the examples of why you would do it. Now, there is kind of another form of deferred money that often happens in sports, including baseball. And that is paying a player back. It is general, It generally occurs when a guy gets a contract that they are not worth for a couple of reasons. Um, generally, you would be paying them for the previous contract in which they were underpaid. Um, so if a player maybe really was worth, you know, $20 million per year, but he signed a deal that was worth five, he might get a contract to kind of pay him back. So you might ask, well, what does that look like? What's an example of it? Let's look at John Wall's contract. John Wall is a player for, is a basketball player for the Washington Wizards. His annual salary is $42 million a year. Now, even though he is, he signed the deal before he was plagued with injuries, he was probably not worth $42 million a year. Um, it actually is so high of a contract in the NBA that his team can't even make a team around him uh, at times. But in reality, that contract is more is almost as much for what he's done in the past for the team than it is for the future. So they know, especially at the back end of that deal, um, it was a four-year deal. At the end of the year, at the end of those four years, he's definitely not going to be worth that, and they probably knew that when they signed him. But because they wanted to express a little bit of gratitude, loyalty, um, and pay him for what they thought he would be worth in the short term, they gave him that deal. Um, another great example is Bryce Harper of the Philly, of the Philadelphia Phillies. He signed a 13-year year $330 million deal. Um, he will not be worth the 30-something million that it will pay him at the end of 13 years. But they're paying him on the front end as a way to... to they're paying him on the back end, really, for the work he they expect him to do on the front end. So he's entering the second year of that 13-year deal. Right now, he's probably worth exactly what he's getting paid or maybe even more. But in 12 years, he won't be. And so that's kind of a, what a deferred contract would, would be like. They could have offered him the same amount of money over less time, which is probably what his actual value is, but they can't afford it, and it's and it sets him up to be able to still receive money when he's you know 13 years from now. So that's generally what it looks like in most sports. There's other examples of it from soccer to football. Generally, uh, that's what it looks like. But baseball is a little bit different. Baseball does flat out explicit deferred money where they actually put it off 
Um, so some other examples, for example, uh, some other examples of Bobby Bonilla, of the Bobby Bonilla type deal would be Brett Saberhagen, uh, who, who will receive $250,000 a year from the Mets for 25 years. This was, uh, that began in 2004, um, and that's part of what the Bobby Bonilla deal is structured off of. Uh, Max Scherzer will receive $105 million through 2028. Manny Ramirez will receive $24 million through 2026. There are other complicated versions of this, but it's very common in baseball. And so the question becomes, why can't you do that now? These deals, regardless of global pandemic, are still getting paid. These owners still have to pay these deals. Uh, the reason is because, at least to me, other than I don't want to, it's instant gratification. I can pay Bryce Harper right now and he's going to go on the field this very season and go contribute. And he's going to give me the full season, and we have time to negotiate this, as opposed to, you know, I could pay you 75% of your salary, but I'm not even going to get the gratification of it. It's not even going to really count, and then I'm going to have to go pay you later, and I don't want to do that. And so that's where some of this comes from. The other thing is the owners think they could probably get away without doing it. Um, they think they could say, well, I don't have to pay him his full contract. He'll agree to less than that, which is not working at the moment. And that's the reason baseball is in such trouble that it is. But to me, this is something that's actually crucial in sports, um, both in the wink, wink, nudge, nudge of I'm going to give you a much bigger contract than you're worth part and the, the explicit uh deferred money part where I'm going to in your contract lay out how much I'm going to pay you for the next 30 years it's something that allows flexibility in a way that that some sports don't always have baseball happens to actually have flexibility and still have this but sports like football and baseball and basketball don't they have salary caps and um, and luxury taxes and stuff that that is meant to me keep everyone even and this is a way that you can pay someone what they're worth even when you can't extend the salary cap to actually reflect the market value around you so of course the question then becomes will the baseball owners cost themselves a season because they are trying to stiff the players when they could just agree to this deal and i don't know uh right now they wouldn't be paying the players any more than the 48 games that they originally agreed to that's part of the problem with the players is they're getting not getting paid any more for more games but this might backfire, and the owners may not have a season at all. So I guess we will have to see. There will be a lot more still in the coming days. The 48-game season wouldn't need to be started until probably near August. So at least for the next rest of the month, two weeks or so, they're going to be renegotiating and negotiating again. So uh, I will see you tomorrow on the World of Sports Podcast Radio Show Short Episode Edition. Thank you for listening. Um, and I will get to the Bobby Bonilla story. That will come July 1st, which is Bobby Bonilla Day. So thank you for listening, and I will see you tomorrow on the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show Short Episode Edition.